Marketing podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be all about SEO, search engine optimization. I apologize because I am a little bit sick and you can hear that in my voice, but hopefully you are not sick of our podcast. I am joined today with three of my Fueligan friends. I have Pete DeMeyer. Hey, everybody. Melissa Cavanaugh. Hello. And Misha Bokikio. Bonjour. It's a shout out to all our international friends. We are getting a lot of international um, listeners from the, the data we're looking at, which is kind of exciting. So welcome from wherever you may come from. Uh, so SEO, huge topic, guys. Uh, we could talk about it for about 20 podcasts in a row and still not scratch the surface. So we want to keep this really top level. And don't worry if you're not a hotel marketer, this episode's actually going to apply to you as well because we're really going to talk in, in very um, hypothetical terms about what's important with search. And up until recently, there's been a lot of mysticism about the algorithm, right? We've always known sort of the things that were important, but Google's never came come out directly and said, yes, these are the most important factors in this order. But recently, in fact, last month, that changed when uh, one of their employees did in fact confirm what the top three factors are in their search algorithm. So we've known for over a year that, that um, Rank Brain was number three, and we've had suspicions about one and two, but they did in fact confirm in no particular order the number one and two factors for organic search are. Do. Anyone? Content, content and. Links. Content and links, which most people in the, in the, in the, in the industry have known that for a while or, or hypothesized that for a while but it's good to hear the confirmation. So what we're gonna to do today is kind of drill into each one of those three and kind of tell you what you need to know and what you don't need to know because it's easy to get bogged down in the details, but really if you focus on the right things, SEO is fairly easy, right? So let's talk about uh, content, guys. So starting out with, you know, what does that mean, content? When we're talking about content, what are we really talking about? So this could take a variety of forms. Traditionally, I think when most people think content, they do assume just the written content on the site, which is important. And this could be anything from, um, in a hotel specific example, you know, the written content in your homepage, your amenities page, your rooms, descriptions, etc. Um, but it does apply a little bit more broadly. I mean, there is video content. Um, you could have interactive content. There's a lot of different forms that content could take on your website. Yeah, and there's also, you know, even if you look at the written content, we've got different um, elements within a, a web page that maybe Google treats a little bit differently. For example, head attacks, right? H1s, H2s, H3s. Google may look at those a little differently than they look at the body copy. What are some other elements that they, they prioritize? Well, the headers are definitely an important one. Another one that we've seen um, search engines paying a little bit more attention to would be um, schema markups or rich snippet markups. So that's basically um, snippets that you can put on your site that tell search engines exactly what an element is. So a video in the case of um, that element, you know, search engines can't watch videos and understand what a video is about. So you basically mark that up and say, here's a video, um, here's, you know, a brief description of what it is. Um, and that's, you know, in the case of a video, since it doesn't know what it is, having a transcript or, you know, some type of summary about what it is is also very helpful. Yeah, and not just videos and, and images, but also things that are real common on hotel sites like reviews. 
marking those up. And that's all part of Google's uh, knowledge graph in, in making sure that they understand the, the semantics of the web. And when we're talking about content, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about the, the information that's there and what it actually means. Um, so there, there's a lot of factors there, but really the, the key is, you know, Melissa, you, you talk about this a lot. It's, it's writing content that's useful and helpful to the consumer. Exactly. We know that for the majority of our clients, about 30% of our traffic comes from natural search. Obviously that's can vary from client to client depending on how much paid advertising they're doing, but about 30% is our benchmark. Um, but if you get more traffic from natural search and the user doesn't understand what's on your page because it's written for a search engine instead of a person that's not going to serve you very well. You don't want people just bouncing off the page. Yeah, and then one of the things about you know writing for customers and for search engines, this kind of ties into you know the hierarchy of the content. Your H1 tags are your heading one. Within that, you have content heading two, heading three. Those aren't merely design elements. And if you're in your site adding your own content, it's not just a great way of making words big and bold. It's important that you lay everything out to where the heading one or H1 is the main topic. You have content H2s, H3s, all in a hierarchical, hierarchical element. I'm not sure how you say that word. Hierarchical. <laughs> hierarchical. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> like a rocket. Uh, you want to have everything in a hierarchical concept. So <laughs> I would avoid the word if you don't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to stay with it. But it's important that you do write that way and you categorize all your content into... Yeah, it's a way to organize content in, in a way that's useful and helpful to your consumer. Um, and people get bogged down in, in the, the nitty-gritty of that. So how many times, say I'm targeting a keyword for this amount of content, for this page, um, how many times should that keyword appear in this content? What, what would you say to someone asking that question? It just needs to appear natural. There's definitely not a right or wrong number of times. It just needs to come off in a natural way, like the, the word you're targeting needs to be on that page, you know, it needs to be in the header, it needs to be, um, you know, throughout the content, it needs to be, you know, on your title tag, if that's important, and your meta description, but, you know, and not just that keyword, but variants of it as well. Yeah, and, and Google impl implements a system called latent semantic indexing, which basically compares semantically relevant words as well. So if you're writing about, um, say, uh, a hotel, then using words like accommodations and lodgings are going to reinforce that you're talking about a hotel. So writing about content around the subject matter can really help boost your relevance to Google. And when we're talking about content being one of the top two factors, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about being relevant and useful in trying to provide content that is going to match up with a consumer's query on the search engine. Yeah, that's a good point too, is when you are writing content, you really want to make sure whatever you write is relevant and you want to make sure you're not posting content that is irrelevant to your topic. You know, we've seen that happen actually into clients in the past where they may write a really cool blog post has nothing to do about their area of expertise and it actually can hurt them a little bit because then they start ranking for something completely irrelevant to their, you know, goal as a website yeah and then people come to the site find that it's really not what they were looking for and bounce out quickly, which is which, never good which is never a good thing and we'll talk about that a little bit when we talk about rank brain um so what, one of the questions we get a lot folks is why is my page not ranking you know why i, I, I made a page and it's about you know austin hotels 
why am I not ranking number one for Austin Hotels keyword? So what do you what do you say to those people? I think one of the most important things you can do before you even write, whether it's a blog or you have you know a hotel room type page or whatever you're writing um, and whatever you're targeting, you need to search for that and see what your competition's doing. See what else is already present in that landscape online. See what they're writing about. See what images you're using. See what type of content is ranking well. Are there ads being served on this? Is there a local pack showing up for this? You know, what are you going up against? And then if you are still confident that you are better than everything else out there, then make sure your page or your content is 10 times better than everybody else. That's the only way that you can compete is by being better than everybody else. You can't just write a page about you know, your San Diego hotel has a water park. You can't just put out, you know, a press release. We have a water park now, hooray, and just hope that it gains traction. I mean, you're going to need an entire area of your your website dedicated to this. You're going to want some videos of this. You're going to want some images of this. You're going to want, you know, a very good description of this. And your page is going to need to set up properly. There's a lot of work that goes into that, but that's really the only way that you can be better than everybody else is by being better than yeah, them. Yeah, I think... Google does not put any relevance on your opinion of where you should be ranked. That's uh, not one of the factors? No, it's not one of the three factors, okay. oddly enough. So even though if, if you're a hotel or you know, you're a client of an agency and you really believe you should be ranked number one for Austin Hotels, but you only have a paragraph of copy, if you're not the best result, and to Misha's point, if you're not producing 10x content, you will not be there because you are not the best solution for that customer. you got to write content that's just going to blow the doors off the competition. Right, and that, that's the thing, right? Google has thousands of, of signals that go into the algorithm. And at the end of the day, people try to chase the algorithm, and they're constantly ad adopting new techniques, new te um, tactics to try to beat Google. But at the end of the day, and this is our philosophy here at Fuel, rather than trying to beat Google, why don't you try to understand what Google's trying to do? And at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is look at the searcher intent, understand what they're trying to accomplish, and then match that intent with content that is going to fulfill that purpose. So if you just forget the algorithm, forget everything we're talking about in this podcast, just go and understand who your customer is and what they're looking for, and you provide the solution for them, you're going to be successful. Because it's not only going to help you with the content, but it's also going to help you with the other two factors that we're going to talk about in a minute. And I think building upon that, you know, Pete mentioned searcher intent. That's something that we really try to educate our clients on. You have, you know, a market and you're an accommodation in that market and you really want to rank. Okay, look, you know, we know our property is awesome. We really want to rank on the first page for New York hotels. You know, I I can't call Google and just say, hey, you're, this hotel's great. Like, we'd like to put them on the first page. As much as we would like to do that. You have to understand what people are looking for. If they're searching for hotels, plural, that clearly indicates that they have not yet decided where they want to stay. So serving them a single hotel result is not really solving their problem. Basing, you know, their results off of the fact that they don't know where they want to stay, Google's going to serve a list of hotels that gives you comparison data that you know, shows the difference between the properties, that shows pricing information, because that's what people want to see. So, you know, just because a, a term has a very high amount of search volume and might be relevant to your property doesn't mean it's necessarily a good fit for the consumer. Exactly. And that's why we see sites like TripAdvisor and Expedia and Booking.com dominate and portals, local portal sites like CBBs, 
That's why we see them dominate the, the hotels keywords in, in most major destinations. Because that is, is really, like you said, what the consumer's looking for. They're looking to narrow down their selection. Now, if you're a group of properties and you have multiple properties in a destination, mm-hmm. then you have a chance of, of playing in that game. But if you're an individual property, it's very, very hard to rank for that broad kind of a keyword. And you would, it wouldn't necessarily be the best thing to be on the front page of such a high volume term because you might see more traffic and arguably brand exposure, but you know your conversion rate's going to suffer greatly, and that might be another you know KPI for you. You have all these people coming to your site, but they're not ready to book. They don't even know you yeah. know. And they'll bounce. And yeah. again, we'll talk about that behavior side of things in a second. So we we kind of talked about content. Let's jump into the number two, which we've always heard content is king. But um, links and distribution are queen and they wear the pants, right? So <laughs> we, we want to make sure that people know that um, the site is authoritative, that is relevant. Because Google's smart enough to understand that um, the semantics of the site understands what you're talking about. But it's never been sophisticated enough yet to understand the quality, like how good are you at writing. So, so what it's done is it's, it, it's em- employed this sort of artificial voting system, which is every website that links to another site is essentially a vote. However, if the site that's linking to your site is more authoritative, like a New York Times or, or you know, some major um, website that has more votes than, you know, Misha's blog, no offense to Misha and her blog, but <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of the very basic level of links. So let, let's talk about that, how important that is. Um, and then maybe some flaws within that system. So links, I think even since I've been in the industry, which has been about three years, have drastically changed with the way that Google sees them and how people are using them. Before I got into it, and this was probably right before I got into it, but it was all about just how many links you have. It didn't matter where they came from. So there were link farms where people would you know, paid somebody in a foreign country to just build a bunch of links to their sites. And they were questionable links from websites that didn't even really exist for any purpose other than building links. And it was just all about the number of links that you had. Right after I started, there was a huge rollout um, of, a, of an update from Google that basically punished all of the sites that just had all of these crap links associated with them. So the industry's really come a long way and search engines are getting more sophisticated in how they look at links. Um, and it's, it's a really sensitive topic to a lot of marketers because, you know, link building is something that a lot of people look for as far as a service, but you know, it's turning into more link earning and just having content that people want to link to. Um, so it, you know, it is still really important. Search engines are looking at links to your site, but how you acquire them and where they come from, you know, it's, it's definitely gotten a lot more more of a sensitive topic, I would say, than it used to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it is called organic search for a reason. If you're out there buying links, you know, quickly acquiring links all over the place, that's not organic, and it's not going to help you long term. You might see a bump, but you know, anytime you know, you go up very fast, you could be coming down very fast as well. And we've seen that happen a few times. And you definitely don't want to put yourself in a position where you are acquiring links from questionable sources. Because once you're on Google's naughty list, it's really hard to get off. Harder than Santa's? I, yes, definitely harder than Santa's. Santa's, you know, you, you, next year you get another chance, but not necessarily with Google. <laughs> yeah. And then one Can of the, confirm, I used yeah. to be on the naughty <laughs> list. <you know? laughs> 
Well, we're glad you switched over. You, you send cookies, cookies and milk to Google and everything. Okay, yeah. Now Google sets the cookies on you. Oh, <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, you know, one of the criticisms of Lynx has always been, well, it's not a fair voting system. It's kind of like the Oscars, right? A lot of people criticizing the Oscars because, um, because the people that vote aren't a cross-section of the population. And, and voting on websites through Lynx is similar because not everyone owns a Lynx. You know, through social media we can link now, but those links tend to not carry as much weight from what we can tell. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have always been kind of a little apprehensive about the fact that Google uses links as one of the number one or number two factors. So let's talk about... Oh, know, I want to point out before you move, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. in case you are curious about white hat link building opportunities, we actually do have Phil, who's not here today, put together an awesome article on our site about 10 ways that your hotel can identify link building opportunities. In case you're curious, we're not really going to get too deep into it today, but just some easy ways that either you or your marketing agency can look to acquire new links. So you can find that on our website, fueltravel.com. It's called 10 Ways to Identify Link Building Opportunities for Hotels. Definitely go check that out. Shameless plug, but it is an awesome uh, It is, yeah. yeah. It's got, I mean, really um, easy to implement ways for hotels in particular, really any site to um, acquire white hat links that yeah. are, you know. And the, and the word that we tend to use here is earning the links, right? Mm -hmm. You deserve a link, not something you're trying to dupe someone into getting or finagle your way into getting or, or barter in some way. It's about providing content that's so useful and helpful that someone by linking to you is benefiting them as well. Like their site is now better because of that. You know, like an example of that is on our website, we have a um, real handy ROI calculator for PPC. And a lot of people have linked to that because it's helped them and they want to share it with other people. So that's when, when I talk about earning links, that's what I'm talking about. We didn't do outreach with that. We didn't go tell people to link to it. They just found it useful and wanted to link to it. Yeah, and if you're a hotel or really anybody and you're looking for ways to build links and there's a local portal in your area, a link on a portal site that you paid for or really anywhere that you paid for is not a link. It is a paid advertisement going to your site. And typically those portals, they should always be marking that as an advertisement. And that does not count like a true organic earned link would count. Yeah, I mean, if it's a reputable um, platform on which you're advertising, they're going to no follow the link. They're right. going to add a little attribute to the, the HTML code with the, the, the link tag that's going to tell Google, hey, don't follow this. Don't give this any voting rights, mm -hmm. basically. Not everyone does that, but if you get caught not doing that when it's a paid link, you can get in trouble. And it's even gone even further now. Now Google's come out and gotten stricter with, say, bloggers. And they've said, mm -hmm. if you get free products and you're writing about that product and linking to that page and you don't disclose that they gave you that and if you follow that link, then we're going to ding you. We're gonna, you. You could both get punished for that. So bloggers that get free stuff now have to say, hey, I got this for free. And they have to know follow that link, which up until now, that's been a way a lot of consumer products have been spreading the word is through bloggers and owning links and getting reputation and building up their SEO. Anything else we want to talk about links? It's a hard knock life. It's a tough world. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I, I think don't try to game it, right? Yeah. Just like we talked about with content, if, if you're authentic with your links, if you build great content, you know, be creative. 
Things like infographics done right can earn a lot of links. Um, tools that help people calculate stuff. Anything interactive, can, yeah. I think people like. Well, and here's why it matters is because if you write great content, people are going to link to that content. Right. You can't get links to crappy content. So whatever you put on your site, you know, focus on that 10x content, do a fantastic article, and people will link to it. It's going to take time. Don't set your goal to be, I want to earn 3,000 new links this month, because that's going to lead you down the path of you know, getting cheap, crappy links. Yeah. Focus on great content, and if you build it, they will come type. Yeah, mentality. and I, I really am a believer of one hour spent creating great content is way more valuable than 10 hours spent trying to go and finagle links from other people. Right, so just focus on, on yourself. Focus on what you're doing right. Spread the word. Use your social channels. Use your connections. Use your team's social channels to spread the word and, and promote it. But don't go begging for links unless it makes sense, unless it's a partnership that, that both parties benefit from. Just create the great content and people will naturally link to you because you earned that link. That's, that's the advice we give to our clients. All right, so the, now we're moving on. So we've done number one and two, content and, um, and links. That was the, the king and the queen. I'm not sure what the, the title is. The for. Jack. The, the Jester. I don't know. I kind of feel like this might be the Emperor one day. Like not yeah. in like a Star Wars, you know, kind of shooting lightning way, but in a... Well, the Emperor is a female, just so we can get that. Out of the there. Empress? Empress. Yes, it okay. can be the Empress. The Empress. So, so when we're talking about um, rank brain... Um, it, it scares a lot of people because it, it sounds confusing. It sounds technical. Um, not to get confused with page rank, which is completely different and, and is another factor and signal within the algorithm. But rank brain is something that came out in, or was announced at least in um, early 2015, I believe. And it's part of the overall um, engine, which is the algorithm. It's, it's not an update. It, it's a module or signal within the overall algorithm. And, you know, there's terms thrown around about it like uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, which sounds really scary, right? We, we, look, we think there's like a robot sitting there at Google that's like smarter than all of us that's doing this stuff. That's not really what it is. I don't know. There probably is a really smart robot at Google somewhere. <laughs> I, I see it looking like R2-D2. Yeah, probably. It's like plugging himself in and spinning that little exactly. thing around. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, but, so let's talk about Rank Brain. You know, it was only a month ago that um, they, they confirmed the one, two, and three. So we know that it's really, really important, and it's only been out a year. I think the folks in the industry that I talk to seem to think that this could overtake the other two factors as it learns. So, so w what do you guys know about Rank Brain? I think one of the primary things that, you know, we've learned about it on our end is that Google really is looking how people are interacting with your site. And they've been, they've always done this, but I think more so now than they used to. They're constantly testing different search engine result page. They're mixing up what's showing. They're testing out new formats. And they're really looking for direct consumer feedback from that. I mean, they even have sometimes surveys that'll pop up about, you know, is this page helpful? You know, did you find what you were looking for? So they're really taking your actual behavior into consideration for, you know, what they're ranking. Right, so, so given that a, a real tangible example, if someone searches Austin Hotels and lands on an individual hotel website and says, well, I'm not at that point yet, I need to see more hotels, they're going to bounce from that site 
pogo stick back to the search results and click on say TripAdvisor or Expedia or something like that. Now that to Google is a signal that well that that individual hotel side didn't fulfill that search's intent and therefore it probably doesn't need to be as high. I need to rank that below where they ended up. So it's signals like that that Google's constantly learning. And machine learning, you know, my background, I, I got a postgrad degree in computer science, so we did a lot on machine learning. In essence, what it is, is a computer that learns by teaching itself. So it, so it takes data that it's acquired and reprocesses that into how it thinks. That, that's the basic version of what machine learning is. So now it takes that data, reprocesses it, and factors that back into the algorithm. So next time, the hotel site might show up lower. And it's gonna do this thousands of times across thousands of search queries. Um, but over time, the best content that ends up fulfilling the search's query is likely to end up on top, which is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Melissa, I know on your end, in the analytics department, you guys do a lot of testing and you know looking at different layouts for different pages. So do you have any advice for people who are looking to you know increase you know the value of their pages that they're providing right I always try to advise my clients that their goal is not to get more traffic more traffic does not pay bills traffic that converts is what pays the bills so if you find that you've written a great piece of content and by the way we've lost um, all keyword data for the most part 95% of the time we cannot see in any analytics tool what keyword has driven people to a landing page you can hypothesize based on the page that they've come in on what type of content they were looking for um, so if you are getting people to a page within your website um, that is like let's say a very specific term that you have branded yourself well for um, but there's no further information for them to move down the funnel there's no call to action to you know go book that room or whatever it is that they came to do they're going to bounce off that page and they're going back to Google and they're going to search again so that visitor did not serve you any purpose. So it's really important to really look at all those pages and find actionable items to move the consumer through their journey and book that room. I'll give you a specific example, and this is not hotel related, but this happened <laughs> to me earlier today. So I'm going camping with my kids this weekend and we're gonna do some fishing and I'm, I'm a rule follower, so I wanted to go buy a fishing license. So I go to Google <coughs> and I typed in um, fishing license pricing South Carolina which is where we are so I, I end up on a website that has the pricing list right there but that was it it just showed the pricing <laughs> list that, that, that I couldn't actually purchase it and, and I know because in previous years I bought one and I could buy it online so I had to go back to Google and type in purchase fishing license South Carolina which then took me to a different page on the same website happened wow. to be that then listed the same information but next to each one had a button where I could go buy it. So the easy thing for them to do would be to either combine those pages or to add the purchase button on the other page, exactly. right? But that, that's now a signal to Google that, that that first page didn't fulfill my intent. I had to go back to Google and come back in. Exactly. So, so and what may end up happening then is so you maybe were are ranking right now very well for whatever that feature of your hotel was but as people are bouncing off that page, you could very easily see that ranking drop. Right. So your goal really is to, to focus on bounce rate, making sure that people aren't leaving the site, focus on engagement, making sure they stay on the site, and most importantly, make sure you understand their intent again, 
and fulfill whatever that intent is all the way through to purchase or whatever it is. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be purchase. You know, we keep mentioning, you know, book the room or, you know, purchase, but it could be something as simple as, you know, signing up for an email list or there's other conversion events that, you know, if it is more upper funnel and people aren't ready to purchase, you know, test something a little bit of a softer nudge if they're not ready to book yet. Right. And provide links, right? Because a lot of times if you say you're asking a question, you're at the top of the funnel, what are the hotels in this destination that have a lazy river and you end up on a page, they might not be ready to book, they're just looking. Um, and say you're a portal site and you have multiple hotels, put links to each of those hotels there. So people continue, like Melissa said, through the funnel, they don't go back to Google. Right. Like, complete their journey, don't just fulfill part of it so that they have to go back. Your goal with your website should always be to stop them going back to Google. Be better than Google in anticipating what they want so you can fulfill it. If you do that, you're gonna you're gonna kick page ranks. I mean, not page rank, rank brains behind. <laughs> not right? to be confused with not page to rank. Be confused. <laughs> you're gonna kick it um, behind. So I think that kind of covers rank brain a little bit. Yeah, I think you know, okay. kind of skim the surface. We yeah. I mean, we're, again, we could probably if, if there was a demand, we could probably have a whole episode dedicated to that. But um, let's move on and talk a little bit. You know, one of the other things that people ask a lot is you know. We focus on Google a lot. What about Bing? It's still out there. So that's thirty percent of the search traffic ish. So what? What do we tell those people? DuckDuckGo is way more important than Bing. DuckDuckGo. <laughs> <laughs> no. If, if you're ultra <laughs> security conscious yeah. and you're hiding stuff from the government, then yeah, probably DuckDuckGo. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, no, we tell them. You know, Bing is is there. We realize it is there. Um, and really, they're almost just a footstep behind Google in all of their practices. They they pretty much follow whatever Google does. Any search engine that I know of basically does what Google does. They might not do it as fast as them, but they're right there with them in all of you know of their updates, of their you know their best practices. So right. yeah, and their algorithm obviously is different because they're not sharing that information with Google. But if you do the right thing for your customer you build the right content and you think about search your intent on all your pages, you'll do just as well on Google as you will with Bing. I mean, it's... Right. We feel like the, the factors are the same, right? Content and links are number one and two in some order. And then they have their version, which is called, I think, RankNet, which is similar to RankBrain from what we can tell. But again, it's very closed door, so we're not really sure. But again, they're, they're looking at consumer behavior just like Google is. So uh, yeah, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I think if you if you... Um, focus on Google, you're going to do well on Bing. It's good for the goobs, it's good for the bings. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> Fine with it. It's like the third time today. <laughs> Alrighty. So moving on, do we have any uh, questions? I think we do. We did. We had a question. Yeah, we have Warren E. He asks, what keyword should I be targeting for my hotel? Wow, that is a question. We get that question a lot. Yeah. We need a little bit more information from Warren. You know, <laughs> what type of hotel does he have? Where is his hotel? Well, don't make fun of him. He's one of our valuable listeners. No, no, he is. I just like to get some more information about what he, what he's trying, where he's located. Let's say he's in Austin. You know, do you need to go after Austin hotels? Well, we kind of talked about that earlier. Let's not start with Austin hotels. Let's start with one of the things that your property is great at. If you have the best lazy river in Austin, you know, best lazy rivers in Austin, wherever it might be, but go there first before you start 
Yeah, and I think we've talked about in the past, you know, long tail keywords. Um, And so things that we found success with for our clients, um, again, keeping searcher intent in mind, they're not ready to talk about a specific hotel. But if your hotel has um, some really great amenities, so if you have a really great spa or a really great water park or a really great whatever, steakhouse, um, you know, focusing on some of those aspects and the keywords to capture people that are looking for that. You can also use location-based indicators. So if you're near a really um, awesome attraction or if you're close to something in the area, like close to a big convention center where people are gathering, you know, just think about the different ways that people naturally find your hotel and capitalize on that. And then make sure that information is readily available on your website so that we can accurately target those people with a specific page on the information that they're looking for. Yeah, so I mean, stay away from the broad, like Austin hotels. It's, it's really difficult to compete on that arena. Um, you're gonna probably rank pretty well for your brand. Google does hopefully. a really good job yeah, of hopefully. identifying your brand. I mean, make sure your, your local citations and all that is straight. Um, your Google Places is, is t- you've um, added all the content to that that you need to and claimed it, et cetera. But then, yeah, I agree. I think it's the semi-specific stuff that it's kind of in between brand and in between broad. So, you know, vicinity, like you said, Misha, amenities, like you said, Pete, anything that you do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I think th- those are the kind of keywords that are good to target. Even rooms, you know, we've seen mm-hmm. a, an increase yep. recently. In, in very specific room queries. Yeah, um, where people are actually converting when they search for four bedroom um, unit with king bed and queen bed or something like that. So really um, elaborate when you're, when you're writing down your room types and your room descriptions, really elaborate and be specific about everything mm-hmm. that's in there and, and, and think about it from a consumer's perspective. Yeah, I mean, from a searcher intent perspective, if you're searching for that term, your intent is to book that room. You're not just curious as if that room exists in Austin. You want that room and you're gonna buy it. Mm-hmm. So you know, make sure your on-page optimization of the, the names of your images, the descriptions, everything else speaks to that. Because yeah. when that customer gets there, you want them, well, to Melissa's point, go through that funnel and be able to book easily. Yeah, and don't just send them back into the regular booking engine at that point. Have a book now button that allows them to book that specific room type. Don't make them have to work for it again. I think it was a really good point that you pointed out, Stuart, with you know brand. And a lot of people just assume they're ranking well for your brand. But exploring all aspects of that, whether it's you know brand name reviews or brand name comparisons, you know, starting with your brand and making sure everything is set. Because if you're not ranking for your brand, that's a problem that we need to fix before we even look at branching out. All right. So what are our conclusions from this show today? Any, any words of wisdom that I, we can impart on our guests? I'd say to start with... Once you know what, or once you determine what you want to rank for, look at the competition who's ranking well for that term and making sure the content you produce is 10 times better than your competitors if you want to rank at the top. Melissa, what's your words of wisdom? Don't word stuff. Write for your consumer who needs to be able to easily digest what you've written and convert. And then Misha... Any final words? I have so many final words. I do SEO every single day, so I could write, a, do a, perform a soliloquy on SEO. But for today, my takeaway would be just to start small. Uh, make sure the small elements on your site that people often overlook, like your title tags, your meta descriptions, just some of those smaller elements, your header structure. Make sure those are set. Image all really tags, important. another big one. Yeah. 
Like, I would focus on those things first. Just clean all of that up before you start branching out to other things. Good stuff. Well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Hopefully, you found it useful. If you want more information on fuel, you can visit on the web at fueltravel.com. Uh, we have an awesome travel study there that you can get from fueltravel.com slash study. And then, guys, where can they find you on the web? They can find me, Pete Tomeo, at P-D-I-M. A-I-O on Twitter. And Melissa? I'm on Twitter at M-A Kavanaugh. M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. And Misha? I am at Marketing Misha. That is at Marketing M-E-I-S-H-A. And you can find me at Stuart Butler. S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And you can find us collectively and submit your questions. At the bar. No. (laughs) (laughs) Often at the bar, but also on Twitter at Fuel Travel. So, Thanks again. This has been another episode of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Uh